We all know that this season and the general future of the Chicago Bears franchise revolves around Justin Fields. But who's the second most important, second most valuable player on this Chicago Bears roster? You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm here to bring you your daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. You can follow me on Twitter at CoxSports1. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Bears. You can like Locked On Bears on Facebook. Join the Locked On Bears Facebook group for even more Bears talk. And make sure you keep you keep that subscribe button on the Locked On Bears YouTube channel to keep up with all of our video podcasts as well. Thanks for making Locked On Bears your first listen today. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started today. On the show today, we look at who's next after Justin Fields in terms of most important Chicago Bears. We know the quarterback position is the most important thing right now, but when you try and parse out like, okay, well, who's who's second? It becomes a lot more difficult to try and parse out because, you know, different positions contribute in different ways and there's different value in each one. And also, you know, contracts are a part of that. And so it it, it can be, it's a surprisingly complex discussion that doesn't jump out right away as like, oh, clear and obviously it's this guy, right? There's not that Khalil Mack exactly, you know, that was just like, oh yeah, well, Khalil Mack, or even, you know, last year with, with Roquan Smith was kind of the quarterback of the defense. You know, that's not quite there in the same way at this point. So that's what I want to get into today. Not so much like valuable as in like, you know, positional value. Like I think of this idea of most next most valuable Bears player just as like importance to the team, almost like the next best player. Like who 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 are the next like go to top of the line? Like if you were gonna draft like a, a league, right? And you were gonna pull players from if you're gonna draft players off the Bears roster to a new team, who would you take first, second, third type of thing, right? Because Justin Fields at the quarterback spot is probably gonna be the first type of player you would take in that kind of situation. But once you get to second and third and whatever, it, it's not it's not all that obvious to me right away. Like, I think the name that I thought of first was DJ Moore, just acquired this offseason in the trade from the Carolina Panthers because he's been such a consistent, proven, thousand-yard wide receiver year after year on an affordable contract and a veteran, but a veteran who's still on the younger side of the veteran spectrum, right? He's He's experienced... And isn't going to come in and need to like, you know, learn how to be a pro or anything like, he, but he's also still, still in his prime and getting to the peak of his prime. And you feel like there's a lot of really good DJ Moore still ahead of you. And like, you look at his career up to this point, like he's had 5,000 yards in five seasons and 21 touchdowns. Like he would be pushing for what, like some of the Chicago bears, like franchise records. If he had been a bear his entire career. I mean, I, I was just going to pull up the receiving numbers yeah Johnny Morris the career leader in receiving yards for the Bears in his career had 5,059 so DJ Moore has more receiving yards in his career than the Chicago Bears all-time career leading receiver Walter Payton of course is the leader in receptions with 492 uh DJ Morris not 
quite there yet and has a lot more touchdowns to go to catch Ken Cavanaugh. But still, right? Like, this is like a big-time wide receiver playmaker for the Bears that we haven't seen in a long time. And it feels to me like, you know, if I was going to draft out this roster, given his age and his production, it would seem to me like he could be high on that list. And if not, you know, I think number two, I mean, that, that's kind of my my leading candidate. But I think there are a few other guys as well that could be in this conversation. But I don't know. It feels to me like that combination of contract, age, productivity. And it's before we've even seen him take the field in a Bears uniform, right? That's one of the craziest parts about this when we think bigger picture about, you know, this offseason and what that trade down from one to nine and then eventually to 10 was able to do for the Chicago Bears is not only acquire all these draft picks and then an additional one to move to 10, but like how important of an acquisition then DJ Moore becomes that with that trade, were the Bears able to acquire their second most important, most valuable, second best, however you want to describe it, player? Like, is, is DJ Moore even like, if we, if we start to slice it down a little bit, like the best player on the roster? Like we, we think Justin Fields can get there and Justin Fields is more valuable at the quarterback position. But in terms of like on this roster, who is the best at what they are asked to do? Feels like DJ Moore might be the best player at what he's asked to do on the Chicago Bears roster. Again, acquired this offseason via trade. Like I don't think we can... We can overstate how big of a trade and the ripple effects that this is going to have not only this year with, with DJ Moore's impact this year, but the rest of DJ Moore's career. And of course, the added draft picks and the pecs that they used this year, and the rookies that came from that, and the rookies that'll come next year, et cetera, et cetera. Like it's, it's kind of wild when we sit back and think like, did the Bears add their best player via trade this offseason with, D, with DJ Moore? And then as a result, after the quarterback position, does that make him then their second most valuable player because he is so good at what he does and might be the next best player on this roster, the next most valuable player. I also wonder if maybe their prized free agent signing doesn't have a argument here in, in this category. The, the linebacker that Ryan Poles went out and kind of made his, his big fish with the cap space that the Bears had this offseason. We'll, we'll make the case for Tremaine Edmonds and kind of compare like his value to this defense, trying to sort of replace that Roquan Smith type role. Maybe it's slightly different in the defensive scheme, but that Roquan Smith type role in this defense next on Locked On Bears. The Locked On Bears podcast is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel Sportsbook, America's number one sportsbook. Because right now, new customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. So either you place the bet through FanDuel, Either you win the bet and you get your money, or you don't win the bet and they'll give you up to $1,000 back in bonus bets. It's a great way to make these NBA playoffs that much more exciting. If you don't have a rooting interest in any of the teams in there, you can bet on the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs. You can bet on this upcoming football season. Now, where you think the Bears will finish in terms of wins, in terms of the rankings in the NFC North, even Justin Fields as an MVP candidate, Matt Eberflus as a head coach, a coach of the year candidate, all at FanDuel. There's no better place to bet all of your action than America's number one sports book. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NFL and NBA. If not DJ Moore, I think Tremaine Edmonds has a case here to be one of the most valuable Chicago Bears players, if not 
the second most valuable Chicago Bear player, even ahead of DJ Moore. And it again strikes me right away that perhaps the most valuable defensive player, which we can debate in a moment, was also acquired this offseason. In the same offseason that you acquired perhaps your next most valuable offensive player, like your best your best offensive player, DJ Moore, was acquired this offseason. And perhaps Tremaine Edmonds can be in the conversation as your best defensive player. He certainly comes with a little bit more in terms of flaws, in terms of growth that he needs to continue to, de- to develop in the NFL, not physically, but just on the field. The Bears certainly rewarded him with a massive contract with, a, I think, the understanding that he would continue to get better. You're paying Edmonds a little bit more for the future production than you're paying him for his previous production because early on in Buffalo, there were some struggles here and there. It was a difficult adapting for him to the NFL. I mean, he just came in the NFL at 20 years old, might have been drafted at 19, but played Yeah, his birthday's in, in May. So I think he was drafted when he was drafted. He was still 19, but of course, played that season at age 20. But a very young kid coming in at 6'5", 250 pounds moves really, really well. But, you know, the experience and speed of the game and trying to keep up in the NFL, like sometimes things can go a little fast for him. And he's not necessarily the best at, at coming downhill in the, in the running game, but certainly super athletic, big, fast, strong, can erase players in coverage by being able to just cover so much ground with his actual physical tools. Made the Pro Bowl a couple times in Buffalo. So like clearly there's a lot of talent here that the Bears are investing in and, and counting on. And to put him in a premium position in the middle of this Chicago Bears defense, you know, that's the, that's going to be the field general on that side of the ball. Right? He's going to be that guy in the cover two hole trying to get deep, trying to erase that middle of the field, make the opposing quarterbacks throw it to the sidelines and not be able to hit the middle of the field and work the ball down that way. And I think... The reason why I put Edmonds so high in this conversation is just because I think if he plays up to the expectations of his contract and continues to improve as a guy who's still only 25 years old, he just turned 25 on May 2nd, earlier this month. So he's still got his best football ahead of him. And if he can be everything we and the Chicago Bears seem to be expecting or hoping for him, that's a player who can be a big time difference maker who, again, like if he can, if he can cover so much ground so quickly from that linebacker position, he can sing more single-handedly than I think any other player dictate where the quarterback is going to throw the ball. Perhaps, you know, a cornerback like Jalen Johnson, if they just shut somebody down, they can single-handedly dictate where the quarterback isn't going to throw the ball to one particular receiver, but Edmonds can take, can, can be that presence in the middle of this defense that is, that becomes more of like a no throw zone. Not to say that, Quarterbacks are never going to throw over the middle, but makes it a lot more difficult, makes those windows quite a bit tighter and maybe makes receivers a little more apprehensive to come across the middle of the field against this Chicago Bears defense. And I think the type of ripple effect that that that, that can have on the rest of the defense, making the quarterback have to work the sidelines instead, puts the cornerbacks in better positions to be able to attack downhill, allows the safeties to attack more downhill. And of course, might give the pass rush a little more time if the quarterback looks middle of the field can't go there, has to find his next options. You know, it extends the play and gives the pass rush more time to be able to get there. Plus, you know, you start to put a better defensive line in front of Edmonds and with Edwards next to him, maybe they can make a bigger impact in the running game than we saw this defense struggle with last season as well. So I feel like Tremaine Edmonds certainly has that middle of the field defense changing ability. But so does Eddie Jackson. And that's the other one here that I kind of get a little bit torn on because he could have a similar effect, not so much like middle of the field underneath like Edmonds, but the deep middle of the field or a deep half of the field that we've, we saw Eddie Jackson last season really start to get back to Eddie Jackson ways, right? He got four interceptions after going a couple of years without one, I believe. And 
really was making plays in the back end and seemed to be thriving with a consistent partner next to him in, in Jaquan Brisker and kind of mentoring the young guy and getting back into a scheme that puts him in more of those deep half situations that he seemed to thrive at in most earlier in his career when he was a pro bowler and I think an all pro early on there. Like Eddie Jackson at his best has been perhaps the most valuable player on the Chicago Bears defense short of Khalil Mack, who is no longer part of this conversation. Like, so we know that Jackson can have these sort of like, yes, take away half the field, take away the deep ball, strike fear in the quarterback's hearts when he's prowling and going to go pick off some passes and, and make sure and make the quarterback feel like he can't test Eddie Jackson deep. Like that can have some of the same types of ripple effects that Tremaine Edmonds can. Now, in terms of this conversation about like, you know, most valuable, most important, et cetera, et cetera. Like it, we start to have the conversation about, you know, Eddie Jackson will turn 30 in December, not saying he's falling off or over the hill or anything like that. But, you know, we start thinking about long term, right? Tremaine Edmonds is 25 and you're hoping to get a full five years out of him on the contract the Bears signed him. Eddie Jackson, we're thinking a couple more years, right? I mean, not because we don't like Eddie Jackson or because not because we don't think he's that good or that he's going to drop off, but just it tends to be kind of how the flow of this idea works, right? You, you eventually sort of move on from older players and replace them with younger players. And guys who get older tend to become bench players. And you don't typically see, unless like you're the true Hall of Fame type guys that can play the position at a super high level late into their 30s. And perhaps Eddie Jackson can't. Like, I think he certainly has the smarts and the, the tools, the skill set to be able to play safety for a long time. And that's not, that's not really the exact point of this conversation. But part of it, too, is that, you know, we did see some inconsistency from Eddie Jackson the last couple of seasons. This past year was a great bounce back. And if he can continue to play at that level and better and get back to his Pro Bowl type form, that's that's perhaps your most valuable defensive player. And maybe the second most valuable player on your roster ahead of DJ Moore and Tremaine Edmonds. I mean, I think peak Eddie Jackson is that way at his best. Absolutely. Part of the question here is, you know, will we continue to see him at his best? I mean, all signs are encouraging and seems like after things got better last season, we should expect them to continue to play at that same kind of level, if not better, as the defense around him continues to improve. But we didn't necessarily foresee the drop-off coming in this for Eddie Jackson in this defense, you know, and then it kind of, we didn't really have a good answer as to why he wasn't playing as well, how much of that was scheme, how much of that was other things going on in his life or injuries that he was dealing with or whatever it might have been. So you never know how long this is currently going to hold at this level of play, right? We, we'll see this season, and all, all, again, there's no reason to doubt that he's not going to, that he's going to play at another high level, but there's a track record or history here of, of, you know, at times there was a drop off and will we, so will we, are we through that completely or will there be some ups and downs along the way? There was a time when Bears fans were ready to cut or trade Eddie Jackson over and over again. And we're not hearing too much of that at this point in the process. Also worth noting that, you know, one of the few players in this conversation that goes way back, right? one of the holdovers from what John Fox era 2017 <laughs> when the Bears drafted Eddie Jackson. So, I mean, that was a, you know, that was a long time ago. One of these sort of, perhaps like most valuable foundational pieces that have in that Ryan Poles as has inherited and wanted to keep around. I think there's a few other guys in the roster that are in this conversation of like, could be, could make a case for being the most valuable or could have made a case had the offseason gone a little bit differently. And there's a few other guys that like, it would be nice if they grew into their role to become one of the most valuable players in the bears, even though they are not right now, and we're not necessarily expecting them to take that big of a leap just yet, but it's a it's within the realm of possibility of what you might hope for. Other non-Justin Fields valuable Chicago Bears next on Locked On Bears. 
the second most valuable bear conversation really is more Edmonds and Eddie Jackson. I'm willing to entertain any of those three. I, I think personally, I would probably rank them more Jackson and then Edmonds only because, and, and with a caveat there, like if we were doing an actual like draft, you know, for drafting bears players, or whatever Edmonds might go before Jackson because of age. But regardless, like those three are kind of the, the top tier next most valuable players after Justin Fields. I would put Jalen Johnson at the top of like the, the very next tier, like after those three, then Jalen Johnson is in that conversation. But with Jalen, you know, like there have been some ups and downs here and there. He's also been put in a lot of really difficult positions. He also hasn't played a 16, a full 16 game season yet in his three years in the NFL. Played 11 last year, 15 the year before, 13 his first year. We don't really talk about him having durability concerns because everybody gets hurt and I get it, right? But it, I wonder if that's part of this conversation when we think about a contract extension, perhaps, as he's entering the last year of his rookie deal. And, you know, there's some thought that maybe that one will be more difficult to negotiate than Darnell Mooney or Cole Komet, who also have a place in this conversation somewhere. But I wonder if that durability question is one we haven't thought about, looked at, or talked about enough about Jalen Johnson. But also just like he's very good, but he hasn't taken that like big next step forward, right? He's a very solid starting cornerback in the NFL, but he hasn't taken that like shut down big time playmaker marquee cornerback step. And that doesn't just be, that's not just measured by pro bowls exactly. And it's not just measured by interceptions exactly, but he only has one in three seasons, but it's that, that feeling, right? It's like that. Okay. Jalen Johnson is going to match up with their best wide receiver. And you feel like he's going to either shut them down or, go blow for blow with them and really give them a hard time over the course of the game. Like we have seen that at times and Jalen Johnson is very good. This is not a criticized Jalen Johnson segment by any means. Like very happy with Jalen Johnson. I don't think he's underachieved by any means. Just like when we're comparing him to better players, like yes, he's not as valuable or as great at what he does as peak Eddie Jackson or as Tremaine Edmonds can be, or as DJ Moore is, but he's still a valuable player who can, who can grow into an even bigger, more valuable player role in this defense if he can become more of that marquee type cornerback option. I think had this offseason gone differently, Chase Claypool or Darnell Mooney could have been in this conversation, right? If there was no DJ Moore and you were relying on Mooney and Claypool, either one of those guys, you know, if they can take a step forward this season, if they can grow into being, you know, true thousand yard type guys in this offense, presumably in this hypothetical without DJ Moore to take, DJ Moore is going to take a lot of catches and a lot of targets and get a lot of yards as a result. And so there will be less to go around for more and Claypool. So now it's not fair to expect either, either Mooney or Claypool, excuse me, to be like a thousand yard receiver while being behind DJ Moore on the depth chart. Like that's a little bit too much to expect of them. But if DJ Moore was not a part of that trade for whatever reason, and it was Mooney and Claypool as your receivers, like you need though, you would need one of those guys, if not both to really like step up into a more valuable part of this Chicago bears offense, not because you know, they haven't shown good value in the past. I mean, certainly Darnell Mooney especially has been a very consistent receiver that I have no, no, no qualms with, no criticisms. No, you know, he's been great, for, especially for a fifth-round pick, and he should get a contract extension. I think the Bears will get one of those done before too long. But, you know, if DJ Moore was not on this roster, he would, you would need him to be one of the more valuable players in this team in order for this offense and for Justin Fields to reach his full potential. I also wondered, you know, if they hadn't signed Donta Foreman, if Khalil Herbert could have been one of the most valuable players on this Bears roster after Justin Fields. In the same way that it felt like David Montgomery was for quite some time there, and how much this Bears coaching staff prioritizes the running game, and how much 
that helps Justin Fields and how much, especially Khalil Herbert himself, is able to create on his own with his speed and his explosiveness as a runner. Now, all of a sudden, you add Dante Foreman to it, and so now you're splitting carries, and it's the same conversation like with Mooney and, and Claypool, right? When you have, when, it, when everyone's sharing opportunities, none of them then individually are going to be so specifically valuable unless there's like a clear-cut number one guy like DJ Moore. But with with Foreman and, and Herbert and now Roshan Johnson in there as well, you know, there's, that's going to be a backfield by committee thing. They're going to split carries. And we might not have any of them be a thousand yard running back this season, not because they're not good enough to be a thousand yard running back, but just because they don't necessarily have enough carries. Like it could be 800 yards for Foreman and 700 yards for Herbert, and maybe 400 yards for Roshan Johnson, something like that. So the Bears are still a very good rushing team. They just don't have one individual back that's that valuable, that that important to the success of the team because you've got three backs or more, perhaps, that you can rotate in in that conversation. There's a couple of guys that you would hope maybe someday can grow into becoming one of the most valuable players on this team, not named Justin Fields. You know, I, I would think when you talk about like a premium position like pass rusher, no one is expecting Travis Gibson or even the free agent Demarcus Walker, you know, to come in and be instant 10 sack guys who are going to be game changers at the defensive end position, wreck opposing game plans, demand double teams and get a bunch of sacks on opposing quarterbacks. You want them to win consistently as pass rushers and get some sacks, but those are not the expectations for those guys. They've not been that up to this point in their career. You would hope with both of them being younger guys that they can continue to grow into a more premium pass rusher type player, but they're not there yet. And we're not trying to put those expectations on them, but they're just on this list of like guys that that's such an important position. You hope that one of them can become one of the most valuable players on your defense, because if one of these defensive ends, and you could throw Dominique Robinson in there, you could throw uh, Rasheem Green in there as well, and even some of the interior rushers, but especially those defensive ends. Like, if one of those guys can grow into a more of a premier pass rusher, that would make them one of the most valuable players on this Bears defense, on this Bears team as a whole, if not the most valuable player on this defense. A really premium pass rusher. You know, if you had if you had a Khalil Mack in here, we could have an argument about, is, would Khalil Mack be more valuable to this Bears defense right now than Eddie Jackson and Tremaine Edmonds? That's the kind of conversation. We're not not trying to put Khalil Mack expectations on Gibson or Walker, but if one of those guys could grow into more of a premium pass rusher, that would be so much more valuable for this team and they could enter this conversation and the defense would really, really benefit from having that kind of pass rusher as a part of this defensive line. Maybe they'll still add one in free agency or via trade. Ryan Poles has sort of hinted at that in recent interviews. We talked about some of those options last week on the podcast, so make sure you go back and look at that as a possibility because they could still sign one of the more valuable defensive players this offseason. That's that's the big takeaway for me too is that two of the biggest two of the most valuable players in this team, DJ Moore and Tremaine Edmonds, were just acquired this year. They were not on the team last year. They have not been a part of this team and they should then really help elevate this team maybe even more so than we're giving credit, right? You take you take a lot of the players from last year, you add two 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 players that are more valuable than everyone else who was here last year except for Eddie Jackson, clearly. Like that's that can have a pretty momentous effect on the level of talent on both sides of the ball on this team. And I think we shouldn't we shouldn't take for granted how big those moves have the potential to be as two of the most valuable players, Moore and Edmonds. We'd love to hear what you think on which Bears players or who is the Bear that is the second most valuable, second most important, kind of like second best after Justin Fields on this roster. Let us know in the comments here in the Locked On Bears YouTube channel. You can tweet us at Locked On Bears and you can post in the Locked On Bears Facebook group to keep the conversation going there as well. However you do it, just make sure that you hit that subscribe button on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. That's going to be the best way to keep up with all of our daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. 
We're keeping the offseason train rolling here all throughout May and into the summer. Just because Bears are on a little break doesn't mean we're on a little break. And certainly OTAs are going to be right around the corner. And we'll have a lot more Bears talk to keep coming your way five days a week. Make Lockdown Bears your first listen every day. Become an everydayer because every day you get another opportunity to bear down. <laughs>